Hey everyone, welcome back to the Pilot's Wife podcast. This is Amy McLaren and for this episode I want to talk about something that can be a little bit hard to deal with and that's dealing with an angry partner. Today I had a request come through from somebody who needed some help with their marriage and this the, the message was that her partner was an angry person and she was almost ready to leave the marriage if the the, the anger problem couldn't be resolved. And so I could really I could really sympathize with her because of the process that Josh and I have been through in the last four years. And I just had such a, a squeeze of the heart thinking about, no, don't do it, don't, you know, like, this can be resolved. And so I just want to talk about that in this episode and tell you a bit of a story and give you a few tips about how to diffuse anger, how to work, how to deal with anger and not be a doormat. Because the aim of this process, right, is to stay married and to get through hard places, get through hard times, come out the other side more intimate, more close, and have that investment reap rewards rather than break off and you have to start again from scratch. So that's the aim for this, dealing with anger in a positive way that gets, a, gets you both to move past it and come out the other side with a better scenario. So here's the question, for those of us who don't have a picture-perfect relationship, who don't put our highlights real on social media and pretend it's all rosy, where can I get some down-to-earth inspiration without any religious barriers? Who can give me real-life encouragement, help me be a better spouse, and tell me how to get an even more enriching relationship without becoming a doormat? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Amy McLaren, and this is the Pilot's Wife Podcast. imagine a toothpaste tube right that's quite full of toothpaste and you kind of step on it or apply a lot of pressure all at once and this the toothpaste just spews out the top in a big stream right it's 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 something that can't be contained and and when the pressure hits it comes out and it can't be put back in and I I guess I'm thinking of that as an analogy for a lot of where anger comes from it's it's kind of like anger is one of the most kind of explosive emotions that you can imagine right and so when you have pressure applied the emotion explodes out and it's usually it often it often looks like anger and so anger is not a bad thing and there are purposes and there are reasons for anger but when it comes out like that a lot and it explodes regularly and in a, in a um, I guess in an uncontrollable way a lot, then it can become on the side of a problem that needs help from a mental health professional from from and getting proper therapy. So this this episode is not to be a replacement or a substitute for getting therapy, especially if anger happens frequently. But one of the reasons why I changed my major from psychology to Chinese in my arts degree back then was that I realized that to be a psychologist or to be a therapist, you had to diagnose people past a line. So on one side of the line, you know, people were not diagnosed as having a problem. On the other side of the line, there they had a label and they were diagnosed and I really struggled with that I I didn't want to be someone who had to make that call because I think that's a really hard call to make but there there's there's you know anger that can be it's healthy and it's normal and sometimes it just comes out because the the pressure is applied and then there's anger that has an underlying thing that needs to be resolved but what I'll talk to you about is that a, 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 a big majority of the time is because there's a problem that's causing that pressure and if the problem is solved then the pressure goes away and the anger problem goes away. So let me tell you a quick story. We built a house and it took about four years 
And so Josh, while he was a full-time pilot, was also project managing the build. And he is an amazing project manager. He meticulously researched everything that we would need, like meticulously. And he stuck to the budget so amazingly well. I was inc- I was just incredible. In- I was amazed. And, it, it, and all along... We had a loan organised for the amount that we needed and we, we were at the maximum of the loan that we could get. Then we had an issue with the windows and windows when they go wrong can be quite an expensive thing to go wrong. The supplier sent us a bunch of windows about six months late that were not, that were not uh, very well made. They had piece, pieces and bits sticking out and, and things weren't straight and they were all crooked and not very well manufactured. And because we'd had a six-month delay, that meant that the rest of the building couldn't be couldn't be carried on because you had to wait until the windows were in to do the next thing. And so it ended up costing us a whole lot of money, like more than, I think, $140,000 or something for this problem. And, and, and there's a lot to it. I mean, we paid a, a deposit, which he refused to pay back. Then we had to... Uh, we had to pay lawyers and we had to take them out. Then we had to get new windows, put them in. And so it ended up being uh, quite a bit over our budget. So the bank wouldn't loan us anymore. We were already at the max. And so what they left us with was, well, we'll lend you the money to finish, but then you have to sell straight away. That was the condition. And so there was this there was this major pressure from the bank. At, well, from, the, you know, we, we've got to finish this and then never live in it. But, but not only that, there's this massive massive struggle that we both had with the uncertainty. Will we ever be able to stay in this house that we've spent so long building? And it just made us feel like just failures, like we're doing this whole crazy project. We've done such a good job with project management. It's all gone according to plan exactly, apart from these windows, and now we might not be able to keep our house. So we had a young baby, uh, well, had... Over that course of time, we had two kids. We, you know, the second one was not a good sleeper, getting no sleep, getting woken up all in the night all the time, and so we were getting angry easily a lot of the time. And there was a so there's just all these pressures on us, and and we often would get angry. And so the kind of the fir- the first time that happened, like so the the bank would not loan us anymore. We sat down and we problem solved because we had to figure out the causes of this anger that pressure that was causing us to be so upset and we had to try and work them out so one of the problems we solved was we had to do this a number of times but we agreed to get a sleep consultant to work with getting our child to get some more sleep we spoke to uh, a special loan person broker that could get us loans from different places that weren't banks because we were we'd exhausted all bank options we uh asked all their relatives, all that sort of stuff, to try and get the loan. So those were the two major things, right? And we we made our decisions based on, okay, we don't know what the outcome's going to be, but this is going to be the worst case scenario, that's going to be the best case scenario, and that's what we'll do in each situation. And then when they happened, we'd already made the decision, we'd already got that kind of that resolution in our heads, and that was that's a major step. And in the end, we we got the extra loan, and it was such a relief. But we And we had the best case scenario, right? But it was... Um, a one-year loan from an alternative loan arrangement, and it was only for one year. And so during that year, we again had pressure, like we've still only got uh, the certainty for one year. We still don't know if we'll keep it after that, if we're going to get a bank a bank loan after that, a normal loan. And so we sat down again. 
because we were again feeling stressed even once we got the loan so we had another problem solving session which was you know this is the worst case we're not going to get the loan at all we have to sell this is the best case we're going to get the loan at the bank and we still we had to do we had to make some decisions based on that okay so if that's the worst case we're going to have to sell we need to have this, the house ready to sell in a year and so we focused on finishing the outside to a point where it looked decent so I mean we were living in amongst you know the house was done but there was mud everywhere there was no landscaping there was no trees there was no grass nothing and so we focused on okay we'll buy the grass seeds we'll do all the grass ourselves we'll just you know we'll do the labor and we'll just get cheap plants as, as much as we can and we'll just get it finished just in case you know that we have to sell and then a year later we had a pay rise uh, Josh had a pay rise I had a pay rise we were finally out of the worst of it we managed to get a bank loan and we started working on clearing that extra amount so that we could get back on track on what we were supposed to have, you know, what the, the financial situation was supposed to be before we had this window problem. And then COVID hit and Josh lost his job. And it's not really, it's really hard to replace an income of a pilot if you can't be a pilot anymore. I lost my job and it was really hard to replace my income because there was, there was no, I couldn't get a new job during that lockdown period where everyone was stuck at home. And I, I had to start thinking of some other things to do. So again, we had to problem solve, like what's the worst case? What's the best case? And again, still that uncertainty, are we ever going to be able to stay in this house? And now, every time our anger starts to get out of hand, we problem solve. So it takes away that uncertainty. So every time it's like, okay, well, we don't know exactly what it's going to be, but this would be the worst case. That would be the best case. If it's the worst case, we'll do this. If it's the best case, we'll do that. And so that takes away some of the uncertainty. And even when things are still uncertain, we know what we plan to do in each of those, those scenarios. Just recently, we had, we've been stuck in another kind of lockdown, level three, and it looks like we're going to come out of it into level two soon. But it's been three weeks of starting to get angry again. There's that uncertainty again, because we just started to get back on track. And now we're at home with the kids trying to homeschool them and trying to do all this work to try and make our our future happen. Trying to, Josh is trying to apply for jobs and all that sort of stuff. But the kids are at home and they keep interrupting and it's really hard to get anything done. But we're... we're, we're on the way out of that and we remember that if, if things get out of hand we're going to sit down and problem solve again okay what is causing the problems that are just putting that pressure on squeezing the toothpaste and causing that, that that emotion to come out so there are two kinds of pressures when it comes to anger that can that can be pressed on us one of them is kind of external pressures like you know financial problems or relationship issues or things that are going on around us you know maybe politics in the family stuff like that and then there are internal pressures, and these are thoughts and feelings that we kind of give ourselves, that we push, we, we push on ourselves, or that we don't like and we struggle with them, but we can't get rid of them. Like, you know, feelings of perceived lack of control or a lack of ability to do something or other. And often it's when we're comparing with others and they can do it, but we can't, or they have that, but we don't. That sort of stuff can build and build and cause an internal pressure. And if this, if this angry behaviour does happen often and it results in a diagnosis of, of some kind. Do you know what the most effective treatment in 75% of cases is? It's something called cognitive behavioural therapy, which means working on how someone's thoughts and beliefs influence their actions and moods, which, which means focusing on someone's current problems and how to solve them. So it always comes back to let's problem solve, let's figure out what those pressures are, let's come up with some solutions to those problems, and it doesn't always work out to be what you think the solution will be, so you have to undertake the process of going through it, and then you come out the other side and the anger 
disperses. Now again, I'm not saying that it's always that easy and definitely if there's an ongoing problem with anger, you know, why not just seek out some professional help? Sure, that's fine and that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about here how to how to respond to a partner who's angry in a way that you're not a doormat. And I've just got three three major points to make. And one of them is the first one, and this might sound kind of doormat-like, but, but hear me out. The first one is don't get angry when they're angry. And like we always talk about in our courses, we always say love is hard. Like, um, you know, that, that, that passage everyone quotes at weddings, love is patient, love is kind, love is not easily angered. <laughs> it's really hard to not be easily angered when someone's spewing out this anger at you. So I always say, like, love is not for weaklings. People who don't get angry or cry when others are spewing anger out, they're hard asses, man. They're not doormats. Make no, make no mistake, if you don't get angry when someone's being angry at you, you are a hard ass and it's really hard to do. So you're not being a doormat if you don't get angry. You are being a strong person who knows how to flex their, um, their muscles in terms of, I guess, emotion. And so that would be the first one. Don't get angry back because that will help diffuse the anger. If people are speaking to somebody who's not angry back, it, it, it just flops on the ground and goes and runs down into the drain kind of thing. It's not gonna it's not gonna have a kind of a, a force that pushes it tries to push that anger back into into the um, toothpaste tube, which is just as uncomfortable as the, the stress that's making someone angry in the first place. The second one is I want to talk about being assertive but respectful. And people think if you're assertive it's it's conflict because it's you kind of pushing but assertive here just means expressing yourself. It just means actually saying something that you need to say. So, but being respectful when you say it. So you're not being a doormat because you're expressing yourself. Like if you want to be a doormat in this situation, you don't say what you want to say because you're scared that they'll explode at you. Okay. When we're when we're dealing with someone who's uh, we're responding to someone who's angry, especially our spouse, we've got to be able to say how we feel and or what we're thinking, but in a respectful way. So we're not gonna. We're not going to increase the anger, but we're going to say things that are important to say, okay? And so part of that is what you need to do to resolve the problem. And it's, and it's, and it's about saying, you know, hey, this is not, um, is, is it okay if we talk about this when the kids aren't around? Or, you know, hey, look, I, I really understand that you're, that you're feeling angry right now. Can we talk about this? Um, in five minutes when I finish cooking or whatever it is but being assertive in terms of saying what you need to say not just being quiet and letting yourself be you know angered over or, or yelled at or whatever like that so assertiveness is just expressing yourself and if and if you have a pattern of one of you always getting your way and the other one always just being quiet and not saying anything the person who's always quiet and not saying thing they have to take responsibility for their opinions not being heard if they're not going to be willing to say them. So I think it's really important if you're not so good at being assertive or expressing yourself when someone else is really good at expressing yourself, practice at that and get good at it because it's your responsibility if you don't get what you need out of your relationship, okay? And the third one that I just want to mention is responding to someone who's angry or being angry is it's such a diffusing thing to do if you can validate the way that they're feeling. And so what that means is two things, genuinely trying to hear what they are saying because then you can try and you might be able to hear partially what the problem is and when you when you dig in deep into it, 
um, using problem-solving skills, you can figure out what the problem is. And, and then partially, it's, it's repeating that kind of objectively back to them so that you make sure you get it right. So this is kind of like, all right, so I can, I can hear that you are saying that there seems to be a problem with blah, 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 and you are struggling with the part about this and that. And so you're, you're just basically repeating what you think they're saying because then they'll either say, no, that's not what I was saying, I was saying this, or they'll say, yes, that's right, and then you can go, okay, I understand. And when someone feels understood, when they're angry, the anger just dissipates straight away because part of the anger is that they're trying to get that emotion. They don't feel like they can handle the emotion. And if someone else understands that emotion, it kind of just takes away the urgency of expressing that emotion. And doormats don't do this. Doormats don't know how to be strong in that face of that of that of the anger and and listen to what they're saying and hear it and repeat it back and accept it. And it's not necessarily accepting their version of what the problem is, it's accepting the fact that that's the way that they think about their problem. And then after that, then you can work on sympathising and and forgiving about the times when we sometimes get a bit angry and, and sometimes we just explode and we, and we all do it. If you want to hear more about sympathising and forgiving, which is also um, a non-doormat activity, then listen to the episode, I think it's number three, on how to say sorry like a boss. So, but remember that what we're trying to aim for here is a place of rest. You know, if we have pressures and we are getting angry, then not only is there a problem that needs solving, but we need to think about, you know, we're always so on the go, go, go all the time that sometimes we need to think about, do we need to have a day off? Do we need to have the weekend off or one day this week off from just everything and just relax? Or do we need to have a rest at the end of the month or Do we need to book in a holiday at the end of the season? We need to look forward to a break sometimes. So even just knowing that a holiday is coming up can be a major reduction in the stress when you know that you can just have a week to just cool off and not think about stuff. So if you're responding to somebody or your spouse who's getting angry at you with, you know, not getting angry back, and that's not always possible as well. But, you know, if we aim for that, then maybe sometimes we'll achieve it. If we're being assertive but respectful, so we're saying what we're thinking and what we're feeling in a respectful way, and if we're validating that they are feeling like that, just understanding what they're feeling and, and reflecting back to make sure that we do understand it correctly, then we're able to diffuse a lot of that anger, and then we can do problem solving. And so that's that's the key. Don't forget to do that, is actually trying to figure out what the problem is. And so I'm really excited to to offer that in our courses but it's it's something that anybody can do and it's really just a process of uh, I, I guess in, in a nutshell it's kind of asking why and why and why until you really get to the heart of it so it's kind of like saying well wh- why are you angry and then they say well because I've lost my job and you say well why does why does it that make you angry you can't just assume that you know why that would make you angry uh, it's because you know it's because I love my job and I don't think I can get another job that I love. And it's like, well, why don't you think you can't get another job that you love? Well, because I've only got that skill. And so and so I feel like if I've only got that skill, no one will hire me. And it's like, well, why do you feel so upset about no one hiring you? Could you have a holiday? And it's like, well, if I can't be hired, then it means I can't have a job, which means I can't provide for my family, which means I'm a failure. Like, and so you've got to keep going down, down, down until you get a surprise. And when you get a surprise... It's usually an indication that you've hit something there that can you can work on 
and you can start problem solving. And so I just I want to encourage you that if you are dealing with a spouse who shows anger, firstly, sort of think about how regular it is. Think about if there's a new stressor, and it's not always the case, but it has been something recently, in which case it's probably a problem there underlying it that you can solve. If it's been ongoing for a long, long time, then it's probably more of an internal pressure that they're, that they're experiencing, something to do with feelings of lack of control or an ability or some kind of some thoughts that are repeating in their minds or, or whatever it might be that are giving them this internal pressure. So if that's you, don't be a doormat. Don't get angry. Respond well. See if you can diffuse it and then see if you can problem solve it. I hope that's helped. Thanks for listening. You're awesome. You can do this. Let's keep our marriages strong so that we can reap the rewards of a great investment. Kaki te.